Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Daniel, in case you don't know me, and um, excited to be delivering the message. We've been going through um, our, our series on, on the devotional in, in the back, so called the, the Humble King. And so um, I, hope, uh, I hope you've been going through it. If you haven't, guess what? It's not too late, and you can just read through them and get caught up. That's, that's, that's okay. No one said you couldn't do that. So, um, But um, I wanted to start by reading a couple funny Christmas stories. You guys ready for it? All right. As a little girl climbed onto Santa's lap, Santa asked the usual one, what would you like for Christmas, little girl? The child stared at him, open-mouthed and horrified for a minute, then gasped, didn't you get my email? The parents began to assemble the special Christmas gift they had for their children. They had ordered a kit for a treehouse and received the plans for it. However, the materials they received were for a sailboat. They wrote the company to complain. The company's reply, While we regret the inconvenience this mistake must have caused you, it is nothing compared to that of the man who is out on a lake somewhere trying to sail your treehouse. Two young boys were spending the night at their grandparents' house the week before Christmas. At bedtime, the two boys knelt beside their beds to say their prayers. The younger one began praying at the top of his lungs, I pray for a new bicycle! I pray for a new Nintendo! His older brother leaned over, nudged him, and said, Why are you shouting? God isn't deaf. To which the little brother replied, No, but Grandma is. (laughs) When my daughters were little, I would always tell them around Christmas that This is Jesus' birthday, and he only received three things, so do not be disappointed in what lies under the tree. When it came time for for worship on Christmas morning, I asked the children what they thought Jesus would think of Santa and all the hype. Would he ask Santa a question? My youngest daughter replied, I think Jesus would ask, how come I only got three things and none of them were toys? (laughs) Okay, service is over. I'm just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what could I say? No, I, so actually, in case you don't know, I, I, I hold the record for the shortest sermon here, and I hold it with pride. Um, I, th- this, this was years and years ago. Um, I uh, was, was asked to preach. I was probably in my, what, early to mid-20s, and I prepared something and didn't practice it. Now, I always read, th- at, at the very least, I read through my sermons and time it now, um, but, but this particular time, I didn't do that because um, I was in my 20s. I mean, come on, give me a break. But, um, but I got up, delivered it, like five to ten minutes later, I was like, well, that's all I got. We're going to do some more worship. <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen today, but I do have an early Christmas present for you. And that, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter sermon. We're going to probably get out of here early, so... Oh, no cheer? Oh, there's the cheer. I knew I'd get some of that. Well, we've been, like I said, we've been going through this devotional, and the candles that we have here at the front represent the different themes that we've been going through. So we have the the candle of hope, the hope that Jesus brings by coming to this earth, the candle of peace. Jesus brought peace with him when he came to this earth. And uh, then last week was the candle of joy. We have, have joy because of Jesus. And then this week we are lighting the candle of love. Because that's what Jesus came to, to bring. Yeah, real fire this time. 
I had a, I had a joke um, planned about this time of, of um, being like, turn, um, I'm going to light the candle or ha <laughs> turn it on and everyone was going to get a good laugh and, and then, and then Daryl brought these and so. <laughs> but no, now you can tell that they're lit up and you can't be like, wait, which ones are light up? Which one's the candle of hope? Which, no, 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 you can see them now, so. So, today we're talking about the humble, oh, wait, I'm sorry, I have it right here, I forgot, Daryl brought this up. We're talking about the humble king of love. And um, one of the probably most well-known verses in the Bible is John chapter 3, verse 16, right? It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And it's at this time of year that we're celebrating the fact that God sent his son, Jesus, down to earth. Without Jesus, we were lost in our sins. We were separated from God. And, and as it says in, like a, in, in this, this very well-known verse in the Bible... It said that God loved us enough to send his son so that if we believe in him, we could have eternal life. We could go to heaven to be with him. And that that right there is what we are celebrating this time of year, is that Jesus came to earth to do that, to save us. That was God. Jesus coming down was God's plan to save us. It's God's sign of love to us. God humbled himself by coming down to earth as a baby because of his unconditional love for you and for me. And that right there is an amazing thing, isn't it? There's a study called Experiencing God that... uh, at different points, some of our Connect groups have gone through over the years, and um, the, the author of that, Henry Blackaby, says at one point, he says, people who struggle to spend time with God don't have a scheduling problem, they have a love problem. Now, his point there is that if you really love God, his love compels you to spend time with him. And I believe that this concept stretches to other Issues in our life as well. If you struggle with alcohol addiction, addiction, you don't have an alcohol problem, you have a love problem. If you struggle with being reliable, you don't have a reliability problem, you have a love problem. If you struggle with lust, you don't have a lust problem, you have a love problem. Everything boils down to your love relationship with Jesus. In John chapter 14, verse 15, it says, If you love me, Obey my commandments. Now, if you, if you have um, a, Bible, uh, a study Bible of some sort, it'll most likely have an asterisk, or like I left in this note, no, that wasn't just a, a typo, I left that on purpose, like a little letter next to it that'll basically, it's kind of telling you there, there, there's, there's a little note about this. And um, if you follow that down, you find the note on it, it'll say the text reads, you will keep. Okay, so let's talk about how that, so if you love me, or, or you will keep or you will obey my commands. So, um, so, if, so if you love me, 
you will obey my commands, completely changes the statement from, if you love me, obey my commands. Let's think that through for just a second. The first way indicates, I love God, and so because I love God, I need to do this. I need to follow his commands. Whereas the other way indicates that I love God, so my natural reaction is going to be to obey his commands. It's going to be the natural outflow of my love relationship with God. So rather than stressing obeying God, because we've heard that often, right? Have you ever been to a, a sermon where it's more about pointing fingers and you're not doing this, you're not doing that, you need to obey God? Rather than stressing that, we need to work at the root issue, our love for God, and then allow our actions to be transformed because that's what God does. That's what Jesus does in our lives. The Bible says that we love God because he first loved us. Essentially, we can't love God unless we first accept his love for us. So how do we work on our love for God? We allow him to love us first. But what I'm submitting to you right now is that the sin issues in our lives boil down to one thing. There's an area in your life that you haven't fully accepted God's love. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 says, But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as an example of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us. As shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. It says there that God's love made us alive. There's a passage in John chapter 21 that, that we see a beautiful picture of Jesus' love where he, he asks Peter three times, do you love me? And each time Peter answered yes, that he loved him. And then at the end of that encounter, Jesus says, follow me. Now prior to this, Peter had denied Jesus three times when Jesus was on trial just before his death. Can you imagine the guilt that Peter must have felt for that? That at Jesus' most vulnerable moment, he denied him. Yet when Jesus sees him, he doesn't even talk about that. He doesn't even bring it up. He doesn't, say, it doesn't make him feel guilty. He say, hey, Peter, why'd you deny me, bro? No, he doesn't say that. Instead, he deals with the root issue, love. And through the, that love and forgiveness that, that Jesus offered Peter, Peter went on to live a life completely sold out to Jesus. See, through God's love, he is transforming us to be like Jesus. Specifically, we want to love like Jesus loved. We have this statement here, right? Loving God, loving people. 
That is impossible to work out unless we first understand the depths of God's love for us. See, if we say, if I say that I love God and, um, and, 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 I, and I believe that God loves me, but then I have a hard time, um, I'm unable to love others, there's a big disconnect somewhere there. It doesn't work that way. God's love in us compels us to love others. We started this year by, by saying that, that, that we believe that God was calling us into a deeper level of unity this year. And uh, I, I believe this is something we need to continue to press into. That journey is, 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 is by no stretch done. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, 22, it says, You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth, so now you must show sincere love to each, to, to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. And then in Philippians chapter 2, it says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit, are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. If we are united with Jesus, if we take comfort in his love, then we are called to be like-minded in unity. What does that mean, though? Does that mean that we always agree? Yes, you should always agree with me. No, no it doesn't mean we always agree, right? We're always, we're, there, 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 there are times that we're going to disagree with somebody in this room, and maybe on a very rare occasion you might disagree with something that's set up here. Very rare. No, being like-minded doesn't mean that we always agree. The truth is, if we always agreed, things would be very boring, wouldn't it? Somebody would be lying, that's right. We're going to disagree. Sometimes there are going to be minor disagreements, although I know some people who know how to make minor disagreements into major disagreements, but anyway. Um, sometimes there are going to be minor disagreements. Other times, it's going to be things that we feel very strongly about. So what do we do with that? Is it, is it time to find a different church? I'll tell you, I believe that that is one of the most unfortunate things in the American church these days is that it turns into a consumerism thing. It's like, if the church I go to isn't exactly what I want it to be, it's time to church shop. Now, you can search and you can search all you want in the Bible. I guarantee you, you will never find the term church shopping in there. It's not in there. I checked. I looked. And I think that, comp, that, that concept of church shopping is the exact opposite of the heart of God for his people. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't call people to go to different churches sometimes. Of course, that happens. But, but, but that should be a result of God leading you somewhere else and that you're not just leaving over a disagreement. So what does it mean to be like-minded? It means that we are working towards a common goal. And God's love should be at the center of that goal. 
Are we loving others? Are we loving those who don't know Jesus? Are we giving and and receiving love from each other? That's the kind of community that God has called us to be. It's a community that gives and receives love to each other. And sometimes that takes humility, doesn't it? To love people when you disagree with them? Or how about to love somebody who rubs you the wrong way? Or even just somebody that maybe you just normally wouldn't hang out with? And I think one amazing thing about church is that it it brings people together who would probably never be in the same room together otherwise. Think about it. There are people in this room that if I told you, if, 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 I, if, I, said, if I told the truth, I, I just never would have hung out with you if it weren't for Jesus. And guess what? I think that's a good thing because there are people that I have gotten to know, gotten to, that gotten to love, have, have deep friendships with who never would have, we, we never would have come together, never would have had that kind of friendship if it weren't for Jesus. And that's something that we should embrace. That's something that, that, that takes humility to pursue. So I have a challenge for you, if you're willing to take it. Find someone who you just normally wouldn't spend time with. Whatever, whatever that looks like, somebody that you're like, you know, this is just not a person that I would really care to spend my time with, take them to coffee, take them to lunch, whatever. Go hang out with them, get to know them. I think, uh, and, and that you know, doesn't have to be limited to people in this room. It can be someone outside this room. Although, in, 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 in thinking about this concept of unity, I think it could be a good exercise to even do it with someone in this room, but, but I'm not going put, to put, put, put those limits on it. Just find somebody that you would normally not hang out with and get to know what, what, what is it that's important to them. Get to learn their story. Appreciate where they've come from. Start thinking, how can I love this person? Can I have the worship team come forward? We're going to go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say a quick prayer, and then we're going, to, we're going to pass the offering bags, and this is a good, a good opportunity to put in the Connect cards as well that you filled out. But Lord, I just pray a blessing over this offering. Would you multiply it, Lord, and help us to use it for your kingdom? In Jesus' name. Go ahead, ushers. In the busyness of this time of year, let's not forget what we're celebrating. In the, the last minute shopping, those of you who've waited until the last minute, we're pretty much there, by the way. Um, now, if you come to Christmas Eve service tomorrow and you still haven't done it, you might be in trouble. But in the midst of that, there's nothing wrong with giving gifts. There's nothing wrong with some of those things, but is that what's consumed you this time of year? If it is, let's refocus. Let's not forget what we're celebrating. We're celebrating God's 
love for us. And out of that, we are called to love each other. It's a simple concept right here, right? Loving God and loving people. Simple concept, and yet it's going to take our whole lives to work that out. And to figure out what that means. But that is what God has called us to. So can we take the challenge? Let's sing a song.